Now we're going to turn to our Bible reading. So if you've got your Bible there, switch it on and tap to Philippians 2, verses uh, 5 to 11. And you'll see, I think, that uh, the theme of our reading is very much in keeping with that song. And here's Claire to bring us the reading. Hi, everyone. Today's reading is Philippians 2, verses 5 to 11. So beginning at verse 5. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. And, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's now turn to the word of God. And if you'd like to follow in your Bibles, we'll be in Philippians 2. Philippians, you'll remember, is a letter from the Apostle Paul to the church at Philippi. We're looking at just a little piece of it this evening. And I want to ask you a question. And that is, where do you see yourself in 200 years time? <laughs> Obviously, that's not an entirely serious question. But um, one thing I can guarantee will happen to all of us by that point is that we will have bowed the knee to Jesus. We might have done it willingly or unwillingly, but it will happen. And I just want to acknowledge that in our culture, it's weird to talk about bowing the knee to anybody. If I found you bowing the knee to Boris Johnson, then I suspect you were probably forced to do it and you didn't do it out of choice. And I'm not even making a political statement there. You may love Boris Johnson, you may not, but it's very unlikely that you're going to be bowing the knee to him. In the next few minutes though, I want to show you that it is okay, and it's even a good thing to bow the knee to someone, as long as that someone is Jesus. Now, our text all starts with this baffling statement about who Jesus was, and this is the first reason why it's okay to bow the knee to Jesus, why it's a good thing to do that. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who, being in very nature God, well, we'll just pause there. What did that just say? It said that Jesus Christ in his very nature is God. So the first reason it's good to bow the knee to Jesus is because Jesus is God. Now, for those of us who have been Christians for a long time, we take it for granted that this man who lived 2,000 years ago was God incarnate. But we should let the doubts and the questions of those who are new to this idea really let us make us pause to think about what we're saying there. And maybe some of you watching tonight are new to this idea, and thank you for joining us in this journey. We're saying that Jesus is God. Let's pause and think about that. The philosopher Soren Kierkegaard describes Jesus' miracles as crisis points 
uh, which the people around him are brought up short before someone who looks and sounds and smells like a finite person and yet talks and acts like an infinite one. I'm quoting from uh, this lively and exciting biography of Soren Kierkegaard by Stephen Backhouse. I highly recommend this. Imagine that the infinite eternal God is standing before you now with greasy hair and a bit of fish in his beard, bidding you who are weary to come to him and he will give you rest. To turn away an offence from this person is natural, expected, even reasonable. Yet to turn towards such a one is to turn away from all that has a false claim on your identity and into the one who defines what it is to exist. The man Jesus was and is, we believe, God. And the very beginning of the Bible says this, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Everything that you enjoy in this life, all of the beauty that fills you with awe, all of the laughter that lifts your heart exists because of Jesus. I think that is a really good reason to bow the knee to Jesus. He is God. And as God, he is the reason you are here today. Now, I know that for many people, that's not enough, not least because for many people, being here means being in pain, being lonely, being sad or witnessing these things in others. There's a book that I don't recommend that I'm going to quote now. Christopher Hitchens in his book, God is Not Great, says this. Why, if God was the creator of all things, were we supposed to praise him so incessantly for doing what came to him naturally? This seemed servile, apart from anything else. If Jesus could heal a blind person he happened to meet, then why not heal blindness? And he goes on listing other issues. Now, I personally disagree with Hitchens. And I think that Jesus being God and my creator is enough of a good reason for me to bow the knee to him. But I acknowledge that a lot of people will not think that. And so I can give you a second reason why it's a good thing to bow the knee to Jesus. And that is what he does with his power as God. Our text says, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus who, being in his very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness. I want to summarise this bit of what I'm about to say using Jesus's own words. He said he did not come to be served, but to serve. And remember those words, because I'll come back to them. And actually, this is the reason why the Holy Spirit inspired Paul to include this bit in his letter, because Jesus is um, put forward as an example for us to follow in this kind of behavior. So this is a very familiar teaching for Christians. We serve others. We love others. We do what we can to help others. And here it's uh, talking about relationships within a church. So Paul is writing to a church. He says to the people in the church, serve one another, 
self-sacrificially. But of course, the principle is broader than that, and it's a standard Christian teaching that we are to do that, not just to people within the church, but to people outside it as well. I just froze then, I hope, it's, I hope the stream is okay. I've got zero dropped frames, which is always a good sign. So specifically here, Jesus is upheld as an example for us to follow because not only did he serve others, but he had all sorts of privileges that he did not use for his own benefit, but used in the service of others. And so from that, I want to commend to you all one lesson that we can all learn from what's happened recently, one lesson that's been draw to, drawn to our attention by the Black Lives Matter movement. And that is that sometimes we aren't even aware of our privileges. And as a result, far from serving others, we actually perpetuate inequality. I've got an example from my life. I'm just keeping an eye on the live chat in case the uh, stream did freeze then. I hope it didn't. But I, I've got an example from my life. So it's about my uh, previous job. I worked in a law firm and I worked there for nine years, nine happy years. And this is how I got the job. I left school at 18 and was looking for work. And to cut a long story short, I knew the manager of the department and she phoned me up and said, we're looking for someone. Uh, do you want a job? And I said, yes, sort of eventually and got the job and I didn't sub uh, didn't submit a CV or anything like that. Hannah says the stream is great, Sam. That's good. I'm getting error messages left, right and center. Okay. I'll ignore the error messages for now and um, we'll see how we get on. So the problem with that now, I'm not pointing the finger at anyone and I'm not saying that uh, things should have been different necessarily. I'm certainly not saying that I'm ungrateful for what happened. But the problem with that is that it was because I knew people in the right places that I got the job. And of course, that might have shut the door on somebody who did not know the right people. And so, in fact, you know, you end up with, as did actually happen in the firm a little bit, the old boys club, you know, we all went to the same school together, that kind of thing. It wasn't quite that bad. I'm stereotyping a little bit, but it did happen a little bit. And so really there are just two questions for us all to ask ourselves. Now I know we're not all in that position to employ people. Um, and we're not in, the, we're not all in the position to set the policies where, uh, you know, you can introduce somebody to a business, for example, which is what happened to me. But we can all look out for things like this. We can all draw it to the attention of people who do have the authority to change things. And also we can all make changes in our own life. So two questions to ask ourselves. First of all, what privileges do we have? And do those people like us have? What privileges do we all share? And are all of those privileges being used for our own benefit or to serve others. That's the big application really of the text here is that we should serve others and follow Christ's example of using the privileges that we have received for the benefit of others, not for ourselves. He didn't consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but made himself a servant. 
But coming back to this as a reason why we should bow the knee to Jesus. Jesus is God and he came to serve those he met and those who would later follow him. And so did you know that Christianity is the only religion in the world where God serves you? Have you ever thought about how backward that is? Our culture rightly expects our leaders to serve the people they lead. But we are prone to love and to serve the people who are most like us, as I've already mentioned. But in Jesus, we see a leader who serves, and even when the gulf between him and the people he is serving is as great as the creator and the creation. There could not be a bigger gap between him and us, and yet he came to serve. He crossed that great divide so that he could serve you. And that is another reason why it is a good thing to bow the knee to Jesus. He is the total opposite of a power grabber when it comes to being a leader. He didn't use his privileges for his own advantages, knowingly or unknowingly. Instead, he made himself nothing and came to serve. Now, I know that I'm making some of you uncomfortable when I say Christianity is the only religion where God serves you. So let me ease your discomfort by saying this. Jesus is your servant, but you are not his master. In the same way that a good parent will serve his or her children. But if the children are the masters, then they're not going to get what's good for them. Let's see Jesus obeying his master and let's see why that's another reason why it's a good thing for us to bow the knee to Jesus. He took the very nature of a servant and was made in human likeness. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So who was he obeying? Well, God the Father was his master. And Jesus obeyed his father, even though doing so took him to his own grave. Which would be awful had he not also said, I and my father are one. There is only one God. It was his own plan to die. But why did he do it? Well, remember that I summarised the last bit with Jesus's words, that he did not come to be served, but to serve? Well, he didn't end the saying there. He said he did not come to be served, but to serve, and to give his life as a ransom for many. He died to pay a ransom price. That is a price to set you and me free. That's what a ransom is all about in the first century. It's the price you would pay to set a slave free or to set someone free who was on death row. And uh, Jesus' death wasn't a ransom paid to somebody. The whole point of it is not who received it. It's not like some medieval depictions of Christianity where the devil kind of receives this ransom payment from Christ. The Bible says nothing about that. The emphasis is not on who received it. That's not the point. The point is that a payment was made to set you and me free. Free 
from a specific fate. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. That has symbolic significance in the Jewish mind, and Jesus was Jewish. The Torah says anyone who is hung on a pole is under God's curse. Deuteronomy 21, 23. In other words, separated from God and God's people, subject to futility and ultimately death, and to be forgotten by time. And Jesus paid the price so that that doesn't need to be your fate. This is what God offers when he comes to serve you in the person of Jesus Christ. And if you choose not to accept that offer, then the service that he offers is actually meaningless to you. It's of no value to you that God came to serve you if that specific form of service that he offers doesn't mean anything to you. But in my mind, it's a good thing. This is a good reason to bow the knee to Jesus. And in fact, we must do that in order to receive this gift, this gift of being set free by his death from that fate that I mentioned. That's all really about the first part of our reading. And I want to absolutely blitz through the second half, really by going back to what I read at the start of the service, which was Isaiah 45. I hope you can see really how this ties in with Philippians now, and also how when Paul is writing Philippians, this is very much in the back of his mind. Turn to me and be saved, all you ends of the earth. For I am God and there is no other. By myself I have sworn, my mouth has uttered in all integrity a word that will not be revoked. Before me, every knee will bow. Where do you see yourself in 200 years time? At some point, maybe even next year, you will meet your creator and you'll bow the knee to him. But he's so much more than your creator. He is your creator who took upon himself the form of a servant to serve you so that your life in 200 years time can have just begun. You will spend your days, if you accept that offer, living under the rule of the most perfect, the most sacrificial, the most kind ruler who has ever lived and you will glorify him and enjoy him forever. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. I want to tell you this evening that Jesus is worthy for you to bow the knee to him. And it is the best thing we can possibly do in this life. With that in mind, where do you see yourself in 200 years time? Where do you see yourself in two years time? I want to ask what difference will this teaching make to your life in the next two years? 
that's something to think about. I'm going to pray and then I'm going to end the service with something a bit unusual. But let me pray. Father in heaven, we acknowledge that you have sent Jesus to be our redeemer and our saviour. And we thank you for that. And I just pray that there will be people this evening, both watching this and all over the country, willing to bow the knee to Jesus because he is worthy, but also receiving all of the blessings that, comes, that come from that. And may we go into this coming week and in the next two years be re being ready to serve the one who came to serve us. For we ask that in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. I said I'd end with something a little bit different. About 300 years after Christ, 325 AD, some of the church leaders got together and they said, let's put together a, um, a statement of what the apostles taught, what Jesus taught and what we believe. And that came to be known as the Nicene Creed. And in particular, the middle part talks about Jesus and who he was and what he did. And so I've asked people that I know from all over the world to read that part of the Nicene Creed to us. And I hope that it will be an encouragement to you. And then afterwards, you're very welcome to join us for a Zoom call where we can chat a little bit more and the details for that will be on the end screen. But it's good to see you all. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God. Eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God. Begotten, not made of one being with the Father, through him all things were made. For us and for our salvation he came down from heaven, was incarnate from the Holy Spirit and from the Virgin Mary, and was made man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried. On the third day he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end.